So welcome to the June edition of Capital Yarns. My name's Sean Costello and each month usually we bring to life uh, a short story written by me inspired by three items nominated far and wide, social media, in person, over email. And throughout this year, I'm being joined on the podcast by my two children, Little B and Jay. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, and I did say nearly every month we bring to life a story because I owe you guys a story that you requested on the last podcast. Do you remember what that one was? Yes, it was a story about your birthday with the three items of... Do you remember? There was 1978, there was 5th of May, and I think there was turning 40 in there. Um, but I owe you guys an apology. I am still writing that story, which is why we didn't have a, a really have a May podcast. I'm still... Beavering away at that. I'm doing a few other things, which I will fill you in, dear listener, on um, after this month's story. But we're back with a story which um, is a little uh, about a year old now uh, and was inspired by three items nominated by social media. And it's one that I thought you guys might like too. Uh, so it was uh, requested by at Culture Canberra and they asked for the American Eagle as one item that looks at the Australian Eagle sculpture at the National Arboretum as a second item, and a pineapple. Do you reckon that was a bit hard for Dad to somehow weave those into a story set in Canberra? Well, knowing you, you can probably weave anything into oh, a story. That's lovely. Thank you, Jay. Uh, why don't we listen to the story, and then we'll come back and you guys can judge how well I did weaving those stories, those items into a story. What do you think? I would love to hear the story. Okay. It's called Sam But Different. Benjamin stared out the window and sighed. Are we there yet? No, just a little bit further, Benji, said Mum. Can't we just go back home? Dad smiled. No, sorry, Benji. We're going to stay with Auntie Violet and Uncle Phil in Canberra. Why? For our summer holiday and to see some new and different things. Benjamin stuck out his lower lip. I don't want new and different. I like home. Canberra sounds boring. Why couldn't we just stay home for a holiday? Then we wouldn't have to go on this long car trip. Do you want to play I Spy? Mum asked. No, that's boring. Shall we sing some songs? No. Sorry, mate, Dad said. Maybe try closing your eyes. The trick will go quicker if you sleep. Benjamin rested his head against the window, enjoying the vibration. He closed his eyes for a moment. It did indeed make the trip go faster. A moment later, Dad was calling him from the front of the seat. We've arrived. Let's get out and stretch our legs. Benjamin opened his door and looked around. They were in a large car park on the side of a hill. Off in the distance, he could see a series of small brown buildings with ladders leading up to them. There were lush green hills around them, some with grass and other with tiny trees. Where are we? he asked. The National Arboretum. A national what? Arboretum, Mum continued. It's a huge collection of living trees. And as a cool playground, can you see those brown boxes over there? Said Dad. Benjamin sighed. Boring. He shuffled along after his parents as they exited the car park and began walking towards some double doors. He realised the brown boxes he had seen from the car were lots of large round acorn tree houses surrounded by swings and slides. Shall we play in the playground? asked Dad. Nah, Benjamin replied. Doesn't look like the playground's at home. 
Well, maybe you'll change your mind later. Why don't you just come inside with us and have a look around? Benjamin continued to follow his parents inside, but walked at a slower pace, so by the time they entered the visitor's centre, he was well behind. They continued walking through the building and exited through some doors at the end to another path. Come on, Benji, try to keep up, mate, his dad called. Walking is boring, his mother smiled. Well, we're going on a big walk. And they did. They just kept walking and walking, up and down hills along a dusty path. Benjamin always shuffling along behind them a few metres away. After they climbed one particularly large hill, Benjamin found his parents kneeling down looking at a welded steel sculpture of a bird and nest. Cool, huh? Dad said. Benjamin shrugged his shoulders. Doesn't look like the bird's at home. Mum and Dad smiled at one another and kept walking. Benjamin continued slowly behind. He glanced at the sculpture as he shuffled past. Boring, he said and cast his eyes downwards again. I am not, came a voice from behind him. He stopped and turned. There was no one there. Who said that? he asked. I did, came the voice again, and it took him a moment to realise the sound was coming from the metal bird. Is this like some recorded voice thing? Benjamin asked, partly to his parents further up the hill and partly to himself. He walked back towards the bird sculpture. To his surprise, the brown metal bird stretched out its wings and hopped off the metal nest upon which it had been perched. Ah, that's better. Sitting still all day is hard work, the bird said, her beak moving as she spoke. Are you a robot? Benjamin said, leaning in closer to examine the bird. I certainly am not. My name is Wedgie, and I am an Australian wedge-tailed eagle. I repeat, I am not boring. Benjamin considered this for a moment. Well, a talking metal bird may not be boring, but you're still not like the birds at home. Wedgie scoffed and puffed out her chest, trotting over towards Benjamin. Despite its confidence, the bird barely reached the top of his knee. What's boring, dear Benjamin, is to never experience new things. Staying home all the time guarantees you'll miss seeing the many wonders of the world. Benjamin shrugged. I don't need the world. I like my bed and my toys and my friends. What I see is the best in the world. I don't need to see anything else. I should never come to this stupid place. Is that right? Wedgie asked, cocking her eyes to one side. Sounds like you're the type that won't listen. You need to experience it for yourself. And with that, she walked over to a nest and tapped it three times. It began to grow until it was the size of a large basket. I think you'll need to meet my big brother. He's not from around here, but he has come to love the place. He'll tell you. Even better, he'll probably show you. I know he's at home because I can see him from here. Hop in. Benjamin considered her proposal. What about my parents? The bird smiled and turned her head. They'll be fine. They'll be walking for hours. You're welcome to join them, but I thought walking was boring. Benjamin looked back up the path towards his parents and then back at the huge basket. It did certainly look more interesting than an afternoon of walking. Okay, he replied as he climbed to the middle nest. He expected it to scratch and cut him. He nestled comfortably around him and he was surprised at how soft the middle had become. Almost like a real nest made of grass. He looked up at the bird suspiciously. Wedgie took the nest in her talons and took flight, lifting Benjamin and the nest high into the air. As she flapped her wings more quickly, they gained speed and the ground below began rushing past. Benjamin had to admit, being carried by a metal bird high in the air was definitely not boring. He could barely hear Wedgie over the wind blowing through his ears, which was also whipping his hair around his face. 
Is that Canberra down there? He asked. Yep, replied Widgie. You might recognise some of the stuff down there by the lake, but my brother will show you some cool new things. As the city blew past beneath them, Ben became aware they were slowing down. Widgie flew over a large flagpole that Benjamin recognised at the top of Parliament House and then slowly started to descend. As the ground rushed up towards them, Wedgie gently placed the basket down, which made a slightly metallic hum as it landed. Meet my brother. Benjamin scanned the area around him. Closest to him were a number of car parks, and beyond that were a series of grey, box-like buildings. There was also a large stone column next to where Wedgie had dropped her nest. However, he could see no birds. Sensing his confusion, Wedgie smiled and pointed up. Benjamin's eyes moved up the large stone column next to them. He craned his neck to try and see the top. Just as he did, Benjamin realised a large object was falling down towards him. He jumped out of the way as a larger bird shot down like a bullet from the top of the pole. He was sure it crashed into the ground, but it corrected its trajectory and fluttered down next to him just in time. Hey, buddy, I assume you're a Benjamin. Benjamin nodded, still dumbfounded by the bird's sudden arrival. It looked like some sort of large eagle. People call me chicken on a stick or bugs bunny, but I prefer Sammy, it said, holding out a wing to take Benjamin's hand. This bird was much taller than Wedgie, and his entire body was shiny and metallic, which Benjamin guessed was bronze. His proud beak and slick head-top feathers gave him a regal air. Benjamin took Sammy's wing and shook it. The larger bird looked over at Wedgie. I like the kid! What are you? Benjamin asked, trying to regain some composure. I am an American bald-headed eagle, he replied. I am a symbol of Australians' gratitude to those that help them, including those who are different or come from other places. Sammy winked at Wedgie as he said this. I was paid for and built by the Australian people as a sign of thanks for the help that my folk gave to Australians during the Second World War. That's what's unique about me. Sammy puffed out his chest as he spoke. What's unique about you, Benny boy? Ben shrugged. Nothing. I'm just like everyone else. Just blend in and be the same. Ben, no one is just like every other person. That's what's great about people. Or in my case, birds, Wedgie said. Exactly, Sammy chimed in. Wedgie and I don't see eye to eye on everything. (laughs) Well, actually, now you mention it, we sort of do. We spend all day staring at one another. He slapped Benjamin on the back as he said this and grinned. Benjamin gave him a wry smile in return. Ah, sorry, just a little statue humour. Anyway, why do you think we can do that all day, every day? Ben shrugged again. I don't know. Because you're the same? Like, you're both eagles. Sammy glanced over at Wedgie. He's going to be a tough one, ain't he? Wedgie nodded. Needs to experience it for himself. Sammy nodded. That he does. All right, Benny. Until you can answer my question, there is no going home. Or at least back to that car of yours. Ben scowled at the eagle. What, are you going to take me hostage? Hostage is a strong word. More like, make you stay back late in class. Unless you can figure that question out, Benny. But I'll try and give you some help along the way. I could just run away, Ben replied. Sammy smiled again at Wedgie, who was sitting back at a distance, watching on with amusement. You could, Sammy said, holding up one of his sharp talons. But I would catch you. That's what eagles do. We catch our prey. Wedgie tapped her nest and it returned to its usual state. Don't scare the kid too much, Sammy. Leave it to me, little sis. You gonna head back? Wedgie nodded. Yeah, I better. Sammy will look after you, Benjamin. Enjoy your time in Canberra. 
Yeah, um, thanks for the ride, Benjamin said. No worries, Wedgie replied, oblivious to his sarcasm. I'm sure we'll see each other again soon. And with that, Wedgie took flight. Look here, Benny, let's start with Mark Collum. What's unique about that? Benjamin sighed and walked around the base of the column. There are two paintings on it. Big deal. Good, yeah, two unique paintings. We have big posts where I come from too, you know, Benjamin said. We put lights on the top and we call them lampposts. Sammy leaned over to meet Benjamin's gaze. Benjamin could feel the great bird's breath on his face. I don't mind a bit of humour, kid, but don't ever compare my 73 metre high column to a lamppost. Benjamin gulped and nodded. Sammy held his gaze for a moment before straightening up. There are two murals, one about the way my folks fought in the Pacific and a map of the great United States of America in Kappa. You see around the base of my column is a water-filled moat. There is nothing quite like this anywhere in the world. It was custom, purpose-built to be what it is. It's unique. And if there is one thing I've learned from my time in Australia, it's the value of difference. Now climb aboard and I'll show you what I mean. We have to fly again. I'm an eagle, of course, but none of this nest business. Climb aboard and you can fly on my back. As Sammy knelt down, he gently climbed aboard his back and was surprised to find his bronze feathers were soft to touch. As soon as Benjamin was settled in, the giant bird took flight. The flight with Wedgie earlier was gentle in comparison and did nothing to prepare Benjamin for the incredible speed at which Sammy took to the sky. He leant in closer to the bird's neck, partly to hear what he was saying better, but mainly so he could hold on tighter. Of course, us Americans have a long association with this place, Sammy said as they rose higher and higher into the sky. But before us folks came, Aboriginal people lived on this land, at least for the last 25,000 years, and they still do. We cannot forget the importance of their culture. Down below us are 3,500 significant sites, including Acton Peninsula, just there. For the towards those hills in the distance... Birragai Rock Shelter and Hang Rock at Tidbin Billa. Below you can also see many of the buildings and monuments being built by and for recent arrivals. The city was designed by friends of mine, American couple called Walter and Maria. They were cool cats. Imagine what a boring place Canberra would be if they decided to stay home in Chicago instead of travelling around the world to design a new city. Any idea what's special about that thin white building down there? Benjamin shrugged. Looks like all the other buildings around here, like it's made out of white concrete. Well, we better go down and find out what's different about this one. Sammy dived down to the ground and gently bucked Benjamin from his back as he touched the ground. Benjamin fell from his back and did a few rolls in the grass before coming to a stop and sitting up indignantly. Ow! he yelled. The grass is soft, you'll survive. Now go find out what's so special about this building. Sam sat on the grass with his arms folded. What if I don't want to? What if I want to go home? Sammy sighed. Like I said, kid, the quicker you figure out how Wedgie and I can stare at each other all day, the quicker I'll return you to your poor old parents. What's this building got to do with that? Sammy walked over and nudged Benjamin with his wing. Go find out! We have concrete buildings at home too, and they're more interesting than this one, he muttered. Sammy pretended not to hear him and waited, tapping his foot while Benjamin walked around the building. After a few minutes, he called back. It's a big bell called a carillion, he said in a monotone voice. Well, any idiot can see that. What's special about this one? 
It was a gift from the British people to Canberra for its 50th birthday. Great, good. Time for another start. Sammy scooped Benjamin up before he could protest further and took off. What's that big glass building over there? Benjamin asked, gesturing to a shiny new building on the lake foreshore as they rose into the sky. (laughs) That is boring. That's where the spas work. I thought spies were supposed to be secretive, Benjamin replied. Me too, Benny. Me too. Sammy flew away from the glass building to the opposite side of the lake before swooping down to a triangular-shaped park near the National Library. He again bucked Benjamin off his back as he landed, although this time Benjamin was expecting it, and he managed to land on his feet. Sammy gestured to a black granite square. Go check that out, he said. Benjamin now realised there was no arguing with the big bird, and he might as well get on with answering questions so he could go home. After reading a nearby information panel, he again returned to the bird. That's a peace monument. It has the word peace etched into its panels in the six official languages of the United Nations, whatever they are, and the local Aboriginal language. Excellent. Now you're getting the hang of it. It's a celebration of different people getting along, Benny. Next stop we can walk to. Come on, follow me. Why are all the flags there? Benjamin asked, pointing to a series of flagpoles adjacent to the lake. That's our next stop. Go on, go have a look. Benjamin began reluctantly walking towards the flags. He walked more quickly and circled around the base of the flags before returning to Sammy. It's an international flag display. It's got about 80 flags. And what's special about those 80 flags? Benjamin furrowed his brows. He struggled to remember what he'd read. Ah, because uh, these countries have embassies and stuff in Canberra. Excellent, said Sammy, slapping him on the back. Hop aboard and we'll continue. As he rose into the air, Sammy hesitated for a moment. Now, where to next, he said, apparently to himself. Then he turned with such sudden speed that Benjamin felt his stomach lurched. He thought he was going to be sick. Can we slow down a bit, Sammy? he asked. Sammy turned his head and winked. What's that? I can't really hear you over the wind. You want me to speed up? And before Benjamin could answer, the eagle dived towards the lake and straightened up just before they would have plunged into it. Benjamin felt the water splash up onto his legs as the eagle flew like a skimming rock over the water. Just when Benjamin started to enjoy it, Sammy slowed down and landed near a single flagpole. I nearly forgot about this one, although I have no excuse. Go and have a look. Benjamin examined the flagpole before returning. This is your Canadian cousin's flagpole, given as a gift from the Deputy Prime Minister after a visit to Australia. Good! It's made from a single spire of Douglas fir lugged from a forest in the Canadian province of British Columbia. Got an answer for him yet? Why can Wedgie and I stare at each other all day? Benjamin paused to consider the question properly. Because you're grateful to one another, you'd like to give gifts to each other, like these countries are done for Canberra. Sort of, but not really. And these are gifts for all Australians, not just for Canberrans. They're here because it's the national capital. Seems like we've got more things to see. Over the next few hours, Sammy took Benjamin on a whirlwind tour. They visited mosques, churches, memorials and monuments. So many buildings, statues and symbols from different places around the world that Benjamin lost count. On each stop, Benji would have to investigate something unique or special about each thing. One of his favourite was the twin green spaces of Canberra Peace Park and the neighbouring Chinese gardens. He asked to stay at that one a little longer, to sit quietly in one of the pagodas in Nara Park and think for a moment about he and all the things he had seen were different from home. They've all been pretty wonderful, Sammy. Sammy smiled and nodded. Excellent, my boy. I think you might now know the answer to my question. But there is one more thing I want to show you. They soared towards the centre of Canberra, and Sammy hovered on a merry-go-round surrounded by a circular street. 
What's down there? Benjamin asked. Nothing today, Benny, but every February there's a festival there. What do you think it might be about? Benjamin smiled. Difference. Maybe a festival of different cultures? Very good. That's exactly what it is. This year, my folks, the Americans, are holding a big Hello Our Canberra party. Surfboards, Hawaiian shirts, and a massive pineapple. I can't wait. Shame you might not be here to see it. Actually, speaking of your visit, it's probably time we got you back to your car. You got an answer for me? Benjamin paused for a moment. He wasn't sure he wanted his adventure with this slightly scary bird to end. Sensing this, Sammy turned and smiled. Don't worry, we'll be seeing each other shortly. So, tell me why it is that Wedgie and I can stare at each other all day long. Benji paused. Because you're different. You're both unique. If you were the same, staring at each other would be boring. But it's interesting to look at one another because you're different. Excellent! You got it! Now, this next bit can get a bit rocky. I suggest you close your eyes. Benjamin had learned to trust this strange bronze bird and he immediately shut his eyes tight. He did indeed feel his body begin to shake. He kept his eyes shut as long as he could, but at last had to open them. He was surprised to find his father's face in front of him with a smile. Time to wake up, Benji. We've arrived. Benjamin blinked and looked around. Arrived? He looked beyond his father to see his mother sitting in the front seat of the car, also smiling. He looked around and realised he was sitting in the back. Canberra, of course, she said. Are we at the Arboretum? Ben asked. Not yet, said Dad. We might go there tomorrow. We drove past this monument and thought you might like to see it, unless it's too boring. Benjamin looked out the window and saw the now familiar sight of the car parks, boxy grey buildings and large column. The Eagle? That's not boring! And he leapt out of the car. You've changed your tune, said Mum. Did you know that it's 73 metres up in the air? Benjamin exclaimed. Wow, said Dad. Now you are excited to be here. I thought different places were boring. No, no way, Dad. I want to stay for ages. In fact, when are we going home? We thought we'd stay for a week, if you didn't get too bored. Oh, I want to stay for longer than that, said Benjamin. How long? asked Mum. Mm, what about till February? That's when the multicultural festival's on. Big celebration of difference. As he uttered those words, he glanced up at the top of the massive column to the gleaming bird above. And it might have been his imagination, but he could have sworn that it winked. So that was Sam, but different. And uh, Jay's giggling in the background while she, <laughs> she figures out why it was called that. Uh, what do you think, Jay? How did you find that story? Um, I found it at the beginning um, interesting and then near the end I found it a lot more engaging. So, so the beginning was a bit slow for you? What about you, little B? Um, it was kind of um, – it's kind of good for um, – like if other children read that and they – they understand maybe they should try another part of the world because Canberra, oh, wow, that sounds interesting um, because of all those amazing landmarks. Maybe I should try and go to another place in Australia or in the world because I realise that not only my state or town or something is very amazing, but sometimes you can find other places that are incredible. Um, I think we're very lucky to be living in Canberra as the nation's capital, and we've been given a lot of gifts in this, in Canberra to rep- for, for, gifted for Australia, which are in Canberra. Um, I've travelled a lot, and um, Canberra's different. Sydney's different. Melbourne's different. Vietnam's different. Everywhere's different to the place. So I think that story really represents that. <laughs> 
That's really well put. Little B and J, well done. Thank you for that. Um, so hopefully we'll be back next month with a the story that you guys requested on the last podcast. Thank you for that. I am working on it. I'm going to have to run it past these guys before I spread it to the world. But the other thing I wanted to say is I have also been busy working on something a bit longer, a novel, and if you have a look on the social media feeds on Facebook and Twitter, you can see... Called Letters for Lucy. Uh, it was called that. It's now called... It's changing titles all the time. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to give away the title, in fact, um, because if you keep an eye on the socials, um, you'll see on Facebook and Twitter me chatting about uh, what it's about and one of the upcoming videos is going to reveal what the title of it is. But if you're interested in hearing a little bit more about that novel, which is set in dun, Kuma. Dun, 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 uh, set partly in Kuma and doesn't have that music in it, is set partly in Kuma during the Snowy Mountain Scheme, then have a look at the Facebook and Twitter feeds for at And Capital social Yards. media. Social media, yep, uh, for Capital Yarns, and you can see some videos of me or talking about that. Or you can also look at the website. Or the website, capitalyarns.com.au. Is there anything you guys want to add before we wrap up this month's podcast? Uh, thank you for listening. Very uh, good. Thank yeah. you, Jane. <laughs> uh, perhaps you should say thank you to Hashimoto for the theme. Can I say thank you to you guys for giving me a hand with the podcast this year again? Thank you for writing the story. Oh, thank yeah. you, Jane. <laughs> and I should probably apologise for my very bad accent in that. In that story too, shouldn't I, guys? What did you think? It was it was more like a it was it was okay. There was a little it was bit pro- of Australian parts, but sneaking in. It was it? promising. All right, everyone. We'll see you next month in July, uh, hopefully uh, with a story that these guys approve of, inspired by their article. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye.